Attention bourbon lovers, are you ready for a taste sensation like no other? Old Raleigh Distillery, recently awarded Best Micro Distillery in the U.S., invites you to experience the art of whiskey blending firsthand. Located just east of Raleigh in downtown Zebulon, the distillery specializes in premium, micro-batch bourbon, and limited-release whiskeys. Visit the tasting room Tuesday through Sunday to savor a wide variety of whiskeys, specialty cocktails, wine, and beer. And don't miss a chance to peek behind the curtain with a tour of the blending operation every Saturday and Sunday at 1 and 2 p.m. For more information and to plan your visit, visit OldRaleighDistillery.com. Follow on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Old Raleigh Distillery for exclusive updates and behind-the-scenes content. Old Raleigh Distillery, where every sip tells a story. I think sometimes people wonder, like, well, of course y'all had a good experience or press. But really, truly, everything I've heard from everybody who's gone there is just five stars all around. Change is hard, mm-hmm. but we're not talking about putting a 20-story tower in the middle of Village District. We're talking about a beautiful neighborhood feel hotel. You're listening to Office Talk with Raleigh Magazine. I'm your host, Gina Stevens. You may know Raleigh Magazine, but what you may not know is how we get our stories. It's all inside baseball. You'd be surprised what people will tell us. Our MO is telling stories no one else is telling. So this podcast is where you get the inside access to stories you won't read anywhere else. So let's dive into some of Raleigh Magazine's biggest stories. Every city has a district or neighborhood that seemingly has gone untouched by growth, development, or significant change. For Raleigh, it's the historic gem Five Points. Rooted deep in Raleigh's identity with 1920s architecture and longstanding businesses, but things are a-changing, folks, and today, Editor-in-Chief Melissa Housem is here to dish on what's coming down the pipeline, and it's pretty exciting, Melissa. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's crazy when you think that every part of Raleigh, every corner, has seen some kind of major change or development um, over the last 10 years or so, but really Five Points has remained untouched. Um, but before you add us, also, this does not mean towers or high-rise buildings or anything like that. And if you don't live in that area, don't tune out because this is going to affect all of us because really they're upping the safety factor for everyone, whether you're on foot or on wheels. In that massive intersection of Glenwood and Glen Avenues, Fairview and West Whitaker Mill, um, they're considering a roundabout. And they have a couple of different options. And, you know, Raleigh has become roundabout heaven, especially on uh, Hillsborough Street. <laughs> Raleigh loves a roundabout. Yeah. Also, let's get this out of the way. We know it's six points. We know it. Yes. Please. Don't. <laughs> we and we also <laughs> know that some people call a roundabout. A traffic circle. Right. So for, let's get this out of the way. We did not name it five points. We did not call it a roundabout. The city is calling it that. And we're just going to give you the details. Right. So, so don't know, add us. You can, you can talk to them about that. But this, you know, all jokes aside, this intersection has seen a lot of chaos and um, injury and, you know, incident over the last couple of years. From May 2017, May 1st, 2017, to April 30th, 2022, there were 143 reported crashes within 300 feet of that intersection. Then 22% of those uh, had a reported injury, including one fatal crash. So, You know, people talk a lot about Capitol Boulevard being the deadliest corridor in Raleigh. I just saw another news piece about it today and, you know, facts. But I think that Five Points gets left out of that conversation, you know, in terms of safety. Some, it doesn't get as much attention because 
understandably, you know, there's less fatalities. But I think when we're talking about, like, the two most trafficked and maybe dangerous from that kind of safety standpoint um, corridors, I would put five points up there with capital in terms of, like, the amount of crashes that it's seeing and um, speeding and things like that. And I mean, let's face it. We talked about this. We did the story when the police chief a while back. That was not high on her agenda when she first started. Right. And it immediately changed her agenda when she started seeing the speed issue. And they've tried everything from those glow signs that tell you how fast you're going to bike cops. I mean, mm-hmm. they've got neighbors who've put signs in the yard saying, slow down. You know, it's a neighborhood. And nothing seems to be working So the plan, the city started this five-point streetscape and safety study in 2022. It wraps up this fall. They've had a series of public hearings where people can put input. But they have three options, and one does not include um, a roundabout. It's sort of traffic signal changes and left turn improvements. They're going to soften the edges, make the turns a little easier. Then there's the second option is a single-lane roundabout, and then the third one is a multi-lane roundabout. Oh, boy. Which <laughs> I, I'm like, with the amount of traffic that goes through there right now, when you and I drive down here from our office, that is always where I get stuck. So I think there's a couple of things here that I want to unpack. First of all, how many times have you been sitting, and we just drove through five points a minute ago, how many times have you been sitting going south down Glenwood You've just passed Lily's and um, it's a little taco place. Lola's. Thank you. Can't think of the name. Um, And you're sitting at that light and you see people try to take the immediate right Mm -hmm. toward like Hayes Barton Cafe. How many times have you seen people? You can tell that they didn't understand they were going to run over that curb. And the car looks like it's going to tip over. It's such a high curb. I'm pretty sure I've done that more than one time. I'm trying to get to the post office. It stresses me out because I'm like, how many times am I going to do that before I realize that's going to happen? You know, interestingly— The first option you named would soften some of those turns was my point. And then I lived in D.C. for a hot minute, and that's the first time I was ever—well, I mean, I was here. You know, I lived, grew up in Raleigh, so I was here when they put those roundabouts on Hillsborough Street. But you haven't been in a true traffic circle until you're, like, in DuPont Circle. (laughs) So, crazy story. My kids are really little. I mean, first grade, second grade, kindergarten kind of ages, little— and I decide to take them to D.C. Oh, and gosh. it happens to be <laughs> the Cherry Blossom Festival weekend or when they're massively blooming. I didn't know that was happening. I was just going to take my kids, stay in a cute little hotel, and wander around and see the monuments. Oh, my God. Traffic circle hell. Mm-hmm. Okay, roundabout hell. I Yeah, you're right. You've never done that. It's, it's not— Raleigh's not DC. Yeah, I got I when I moved there, it was about 10 years ago, and I don't know which one you were in, and I will say there they call them traffic circles, so whatever the engineering is, but I got trapped in the inside <laughs> of DuPont Circle and I was just <laughs> going in circles and my best friend's in the car with me and she's like, get out. And I'm like, I don't know how. And I, you just can't like you don't know how to do it. So these are so tame compared to what they could be. Obviously, the single lane one is going to be a lot easier to navigate, but we're talking about Raleighites who, listen, the city may love roundabouts, but I don't think the Raleigh drivers have quite understood them yet. I I think they do. I think the one that's right there by Players Retreat at Pullen Road on Hillsborough, that's a two-laner. It is, and it goes so much better now. Do you remember what it was uh, like? I do. Yeah. (laughs) But But I think if you think about the volume of traffic that goes through five points at any time of day, morning, Mm -hmm. noon, or night, it's going to have to be a two-lane. 
I mean, obviously, we don't get a vote. Neither of us live in that in that neighborhood. So people asked us on Instagram when we posted this story, like, what's Raleigh's obsession with roundabouts? Why would you do this? And um, if you think about, like, we know how dangerous that intersection is. There are multiple ways to slow down traffic, but also keep it moving. So you're, like, improving it at the same time that you're increasing <laughs> the usage and safety. And I used to live on Daniel Street, and that was actually an area that runs from Wade to Village District, right? Mm -hmm. And that was an area that people would cut through and go high speeds. And so they had to come in—this was like five years ago—they had to come in and figure out what to do. There wasn't, you know, an op a situation where they could do this. So they were either going to do speed bumps or those dig-outs, you know, where you, that forces this. traffic around. They also did them by North Hills on um, Curry Tuck. So they did the dig-outs, like— I would say those to me, strip like people don't notice them and they wreck. You know, this seems like you know, how are you gonna not notice traffic circle? What I'm interested in, and you guys should grab the issue, is the multi lane one looks to me like I just don't know how understand how there's enough space there. But I guess it's a massive intersection. It really is a massive intersection when you think about how much space is in the center of it. Mm -hmm. That really is where people bypass on. I, I think there's plenty of room for it. I mean, obviously they'll make some changes. Um, yeah, you can still see the church and the pharmacy in this picture. Yeah. yeah. There's pictures of it in the I really wish too. they would make Glen both directions. Oh, yeah. That would change things a lot. That really would change things a lot. I've never even thought about that before. I doubt the neighborhood would like that. Oh, <laughs> they're going to have us do, now. <laughs> but we, were, we recently, the two of us, were at the Blue Ridge Corridor meeting, and mm -hmm. they talked a lot about the success along Hillsborough Street um, with the roundabouts and how yeah. it had slowed traffic. Pedestrian injuries were way down. Um, it had made such a significant difference. So, I, you know, I think it's a way to slow traffic down. That's true. Do you remember driving on Hillsborough Street? I mean, I was at that meeting with you and I heard those stats, but like just thinking about usability from your own standpoint, do you remember driving on Hillsborough Street before those roundabouts and how awful it was or walking across it? It was like playing Frogger. So I will <laughs> tell you, I avoided all costs. I did everything. I took a, a you know parallel street somewhere on either side to avoid Hillsborough yeah. at all costs. And now huh. I don't really avoid it. I used to use Clark when mm -hmm. I was at State because I didn't want to. But either way, these are three plans that are under consideration. There's one more hearing coming up in the neighborhood where they're asking for public input. But it's coming. And I think it's, I think, you know, it's time. Yeah. Oh, I totally agree. And I mean, the city did say in our story that the the one of the benefits of these is slowing drivers down and in, improving safety. So, um, but they're also they're proven. They said to reduce the frequency of serious crashes. So this, you know, roundabouts are an expensive, and it is an expensive alternative, and it is disruptive. It's, but after this, there has to after the public hearings and they make a decision, they have to get funding from the city. So we're looking at three to five years. So it won't be easy. I mean, if you've driven down Glenwood in the Five Points area right now, they're doing repaving project and patching, and there's always one lane closed, and it's it's hell. I mean, yeah. it just is at, at any time of day to get through there. So it it is going to be, but it's something we have to do. It's part of the infrastructure we have to have as a city that's growing. Yeah, I mean, I think it's worth it. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. things that are expensive are usually worth it. And so when you're talking about a majorly trafficked intersection and we're mm -hmm. just getting bigger and more populous. And well, and, yeah, and especially when you think about hopping on West Whitaker Mill and, it, and it's going to be, you know, it's a straight shot right to... Ironworks mm -hmm. and Salvage Yard and all of mm -hmm. that. I mean, that's going to get even more heavily oh, traveled. Absolutely. So, but 
while that's an exciting change that's far down the road, there's some cool stuff that we've been talking a little yeah. bit about, but some other stuff that's coming. One of them is Gina has a, a second favorite bar. I'd say like one of your, well, you have a couple favorites, but if we're talking like not high end, I would say Pink Boots, probably your favorite. But otherwise, I think this one's up there. I have only been there one time and it happened to be on my birthday, but we went to, we checked out Uncle Jesse's Honky Tonk. I was skeptical. I will say that. But I walked in and one of the girlfriends that was with me said, you know, I would know. I, I, I might think I was on Broadway in Nashville if I didn't know where I was. That sells it for me. I mean, like live yeah. music, um, it's a cool little spot. They've done a good job. They didn't just take the existing space and open it and try something else. It was a build-out, and it's a cool space. And this is next to the Rialto. It's next to the yes. Rialto, which the loop is next to that, which is coming. The sign, the loop is up. This is where proof was. Mm-hmm. Um, and I noticed as we drove by today, there is a dumpster right out in front of the building. So Uh-oh. work is on. That is good news. And as we speak, we know the Rialto is days, if not just a week or so away from opening. That's right. So yeah. when you hear this, you it will, should be open. Yes, it yeah. should be. So um, if you haven't already, go to their website or follow us on Instagram for some some great updates on what they have planned. And kind of sad, but not surprising, Lone Rider closed in their in space. Block. Yeah. In that block. Um, but we have some rumblings of people interested in this space. We do. I mean, we're hearing that there are lots, there's lots of interest over there from a pizza place to a couple of things. So I think it'll, it'll stay food for sure. I think so. And I think it's definitely like everything around it will make sure, obviously, that building is what's been protected at this point by the Rialto being protected. Yes. It kind of, it'll, it, Yes. Uh, by that reopening, it's going to, like, flush out that block. Mm-hmm. It really needs to be a neighborhood-supported spot. There's not a lot of parking there, and people <laughs> know that. And so you don't go into it expecting, you know, you're going to have to park and walk or be satisfied with parking a ways away or Ubering. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, definitely recommend the Uber. But I was thinking if I could have anything in five points that's not there, it would maybe be, like, a off-street parking garage or something. <laughs> like, if they were going to add anything to that neighborhood. But yeah, I mean, just take a lift. You don't, you know. Yeah. You don't need to drive anyway. Yeah, exactly. Um, but then uh, on the backside of that neighborhood, they sort of have a new area emerging. They do. And and what's if you think about it like Midtown and Midtown East, this area is being dubbed Five Points East. Um, Aja is open. Yes. And our team, I have not eaten there, but our team has. Yeah. We've all been sort of like off track. I mean, it's summer, so people are staggered traveling. So Lauren and Liz took one for the team. I think uh-huh. they were so, exactly, they were so devastated to go try Aja. And I mean, now I can't wait. You know, oh. I mean, it just, the pictures, everything they've said about it, and not just them, um, because I think sometimes people wonder, like, well, of course, y'all had a good experience, your press. But really, truly, everything I've heard from everybody who's gone there is just five stars all around. Yeah. So I know that they just opened, and, you know, it'll take time to see how it emerges, but and, and they're off to a great start. And we've talked about before, if you follow us, or um, Trophy Brewing has bought that electric supply company, which is next door, that big, blue, beautiful yeah. building. I think it's like 24,000 square feet. It is huge. And they have grand plans for a restaurant, brewing facilities, all kinds of great ideas. But they're thinking a small brewery um, outpost mm-hmm. starting by the end of 24, hopefully. I mean, that I think one of the coolest things about this to me is like we've, we've been doing this now for this 
particular story concept about budding districts now for like two plus years. And we're just watching more and more emerge. And, you know, some of them we predicted. But I have to say, I think we we did predict this is a brewery district. But I don't think that we thought to call it Five Points East. We actually went so far, you remember this, is to drive a map of how you mm-hmm. get basically from Midtown and Midtown East all the way into downtown, you know, come back around to Hillsborough Street. So to go all the way through town, basically starting in Midtown and coming around and seeing these districts emerging, Ironworks Mm -hmm. is another one, seeing these districts emerging where you can make it walkable. And this is just really cool. It is. And and right there, you've got um, Noose River Brewing. Yeah. You've got Nickel Point Brewing, which someone from our team visited, and they're actually changing their name to Double Decker Brewing. And they have this um, English-style double-decker bus now in the brewery. And so that change is happening. Um, I don't know how soon. But it's pretty cool to see what's developing. And we are constantly getting tipped off that people are looking at property in that area, that businesses are trying to figure out how to to get in to Five Points. You know, it's funny. Um, that's true, obviously. And um, we were looking for, when we were going to do the Instagram posts, we ended up doing, actually, so you can see these on our Instagram too, we ended up doing the roundabouts. And we had this sort of debate, because this is our world, um, our jobs, of like, what is, are people going to slow down and read the caption for better? These slides of the of the roundabout or like a picture of five points. And the reason why I bring it up is because the only pictures we could find of five points, like Lauren was showing me, and I was like, oh, my God, that's definitely not new because you feel like there's no turnover. That's what we said at the top. But you could see this strip across from Hayes Barton Pharmacy, yeah. and you knew none of those spots were there anymore. Kind of like what you said about proof. Or, yes. You know, so the buildings are the, the bones are there. Oh. The, that's the important part. But the businesses, there's some turnover. And it would be interesting to see what's going to come into this area mm-hmm. as it keeps emerging. Well, and some of your favorites are over there. Nofo's over there. Yes. Um, it's definitely one of my favorites. I know. That's my favorite brunch spot. <laughs> she hasn't told you before and before and before. Exactly. Um, but I love um, For Your Convenience. Yes. Which has slowly transitioned into more of an art gallery. Great gifts, but art gallery. I love that space. And then there's Bloomsbury Bistro. Yeah. And I— we, and. I mean, I like Lola's. I just think the whole concept is great. It's a fun little, you know, if you weren't listening to traffic and seeing the street, you kind of feel like you could be in the islands. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. I can't believe I couldn't think of the name of it ago, but I love dr- when I'm driving through there, like just like if I get stopped at the light looking at mm-hmm. people watching right there, yeah. it just seems, it does. It's very tropical. We did a ton of takeout from there during COVID. I think you saying for your convenience too, what is cool to me about the spots in Five Points is this sort of like, Double concept. So NOFO, I think, is interesting to me beyond the good food that they have that. I don't even know what you would call it. Shop shop upstairs. Yeah, but even has a cooler with, like, some food that they've made and the best gifts. Honestly, there's just not a lot of, like, I know there's a couple remaining in Raleigh, but a Sipiter Village District used to be one of my favorite stores Mm -hmm. that you could just walk in and find these eclectic gifts that you couldn't find anywhere else. And I think for your convenience and NOFO are some of the few remaining in Raleigh. Yes. And especially both of those specialize in lots of North Carolina artists and North Mm -hmm. Carolina products, which is nice. Yeah. I mean, it's everything from like magnets to art to it's cool. Yes. Well, while we're talking about this, this is not in five points, but as you listen to this, you will have just heard from us that the exciting news that 
Village District is getting a hotel, which you may have known that, but you probably didn't know until today. Um, the name of it is Oberlin Hotel. Yes. It's pretty exciting. We were saying that, so, well, let me, I don't want to bury the lead. So this is the area's first curio collection by Hilton. Um, this collection is known for being, building hotels that keep the identity of the area. So each hotel is unique to the area that it's built in. It's also, um, you know, it's upscale, it's cool, it's chic. You know, Raleigh never had one. So the closest one, I think it's the only one in North Carolina, is in Asheville. And then beyond that, like you said, D.C., I mean, really, it's 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 a big deal. And I think the fact that you're also putting a hotel in an area that doesn't have <laughs> real options for that. And this is going in the former K&W space. They really wondered what was going to happen there. And what's, what's exciting about it is it will also have a underground parking deck that um, will serve both the village— mm-hmm. And will also serve the hotel. So if you've ever been over there at lunchtime and struggle with parking, you, you, this will be some relief for those people. For yeah. sure. And then our favorite, it will also have a rooftop yes. uh, bar and restaurant. And in, then coming back down to, you know, and this is open to the public. And then coming back down lobby level, you'll have a market-style cafe with breakfast, um, you know, a lounge, a full cocktail bar. And so I just think it's really going to add a lot to that corridor. We got to break this story, and one of the things, we actually got a quote from Village District as well, from Regency. And they described this as really helping them transcend the the area into an 18-hour destination. And so if you haven't listened to um, our recent podcast, we just talked about a couple of things coming, and we talked about Cafe Carolina and how that and some other options are going to bring, like, more— nightlife to that area. And so this hotel just leans into that. Brooke Hahn, uh, the general manager out there with Regency for that property, and I've gotten to be friends and we spend a lot of time talking about it. And they really are trying to transition that for a long time, people thought of it as, you know, a, a, a nine to five, nine to six. Mm-hmm. And if you think they want more restaurants that stay open late and obviously putting good nights underground and you have great shows out there, they want people to roll out of the show and go out for a late dinner or a drink and stay around. And so they have grand plans. I mean, they have some yeah. incredible ideas in the works and some chefs they're thinking about bringing. And so, you know, this, this I was in Charlotte this past weekend, stayed at a hotel and could walk to great shopping and dining. And mm-hmm. it's same, sort of the same thing that North Hills has, obviously. But Village District has never had that. And, you know, a few comments on our Instagram today were, that height, it's seven floors. It's seven stories, and it, it's and it's going to be such a nice addition. And if you before you have a, a negative thought about it, take a look at our Instagram. The building is gorgeous, mm-hmm. and we also all, have this story on our website. And all of the when we first found out about this, we looked at all the cities and all that that had them, and you know it's the Starling in Atlanta, it's the Higgins Hotel in New Orleans. Each of them have mm-hmm. a unique style and design. So you're not talking about a cookie cutter. No offense to anyone, Holiday Inn. You're talking about a specialty hotel, boutique hotel designed specifically for the Village District community. Yeah, and even the name. um, The name is really deeply rooted in the Raleigh community. It dates back to the 1860s and the Freedmen's Village. So um, the story's worth a read. And I think it's interesting that you pointed to the seven stories because one of the things that I love about Charleston is the architecture. And I know we talked about how it's just there, but— we were really paying attention to how all the buildings were kind of the same height and not very tall. 
And then there were these like random, like one or two or three towers that I'm like, how'd that get approved? And what is that? And we looked one up and it was a dorm. And I'm like, well, that makes sense. Cause you know, college mm-hmm. Charleston's downtown. Sure. So, and then I was also in Charlotte this weekend. You went for the dram opening and I went for Luke Combs, but I went to the Char- uh, Charlotte beer garden and was right next to dram. I got to see it. And then we easily walked from there to the bank of America stadium. Mm-hmm. And like, imagine village Street is not that far from red hat and things like that. It's yeah. just that Raleigh doesn't, see itself that way completely yet. So bringing this full circle, I think all these things that are happening makes it more walkable and livable, you know? Well, you you know, your parents live in North Hills. Think back way back until they were building the Renaissance Hotel and and the pushback that the neighborhood had, and now they love it. I mean, it's, you know, change is hard, Mm -hmm. but we're not talking about putting a 20-story tower in the middle of Village District. We're talking about a beautiful neighborhood feel hotel. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be fantastic. And and who wouldn't want to visit and stay there and be that close? Think about NC State parents. Oh, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I lived in Village District for years and years. And, like, when people would come visit me, where was the closest to stay? I mean, now I mean, it's the, that AC hotel that's now, on Hillsborough yeah. Street. Yeah, but back then, that didn't exist. I moved out of Village District in 2018, and I would I would have to sit here for a minute and think what the closest— I, Well, by that point, there was the Hotel in Glenn South. But before—I mean, I wasn't even always there. Well, I think mean, about it—okay, so we do a staycation in our summer issue almost every year, a staycation ideas— about three years from now, when we've got oh yeah, <laughs> the Oberlin, we've got the Kempton. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we're going to have some pretty interesting new hotels. It's I a think, game changer. I think so too. And uh, before my time, Raleigh Magazine did a story on boutique hotels, and I think it's worth revisiting very soon because yeah. it's. I mean, we didn't have them then. We did the story <laughs> about why coming. does Durham keep getting them, and we don't have them. So I'm excited now that we're we're getting them. So they have arrived. Right. So. Rapid fire. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite spot in five points currently? Not what's coming, current. Oh, man. I should have paid attention to what you were going to ask me. Um, oh, we already said I this. mean, I guess it's NOFO. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, there's a couple spots in five points. I was going to say Hayes Barton Cafe, though. It depends. If it's dinner. It's I know. I didn't mean to get two. She always gets two. I did, it's, that's definitely one of my that's favorite okay, restaurants. That's okay, because I have Raleigh. three. Okay. Oh, my God. <laughs> so Hayes Barton is definitely one of my favorites and that chicken pot pie, which, you know, yes. I don't eat for a week after eating that. But Lola's, I, there's nothing more fun on a, a Saturday afternoon. Um, and I got a, a shout out to my favorite post office guy, Sonny, oh, who runs the post yes. office there. Um, he teaches clogging lessons. And every time I go in to do a mailing for the magazine, he's like, okay, I got a spot in my clogging class. I want you to come. So if you go into the post office at Five Points, talk to Sonny and ask him about his clogging classes. Yeah, absolutely. I love that for Sonny. So (laughs) which of the roundabout ideas do you like the best? Oh, boy. Um, I think if I had to choose, I would choose the multi-lane. I just know it's going to be a big kerfuffle. But um, I think once people get used to it, it would keep things moving the best. Yeah. I think it's a learning curve, but... Mm -hmm. Good way to put it, yeah. Trial by fire. I'm not sure there's any other way to learn that. (laughs) Well, cheers to slowing down. (laughs) Exactly. Cheers. This has been Office Talk with Raleigh Magazine. I hope after hanging out with us, you feel more like a Raleigh insider. You can find copies of our magazine around town or subscribe for $10 for 10 issues. We'd love it if you gave this podcast a rating and review and share it with your friends. 
This podcast was edited and produced by EarFluence. I'm Gina Stevens. We'll see you again soon.